The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Hey everyone, it's Jane Slater back in the hosting seat. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've set the table for you guys a little bit, but we are sort of doing a rotating chair as I alluded to some of the family stuff that I'm dealing with. So thank you girls for stepping up. I love that we've got so many awesome women that are a part of this show now that can uh, step in here and that we've got such a loyal following already. So we appreciate you for that. Uh, loyal fans of Dak Prescott. I think we've all been excited to see him make his return. Not as optimistic as the four-week window that Jerry would have had us to have believed. <laughs> Initially, it was six weeks, and it seems like everything is trending in the right direction. I was so bullish about it that on NFL Network – I said I'd be surprised if he's not dressing out and, and under center on Sunday. Uh, today, the news from Mike McCarthy, though, that gives us that confidence is the fact that he has been medically cleared for that fracture in his right thumb. That is good news. And I got to tell you, Haley, you were in the locker room listening to rookie Jake Ferguson. And I even pulled Simi Fioco and Noah Brown off to the side and asked him about the zip on the ball. They said it's there. And I loved the soundbite from Jake Ferguson. He said, I had a thumb injury and I couldn't even grip a cup. So that's what's so remarkable about yeah. yeah, that's what's so remarkable about what Dak Prescott's been able to do just six weeks now removed after jamming that hand at a Shaq Barrett's helmet, not once, but twice uh in week one. What are you most excited to see from him? Although we didn't get to see a lot of this today, ladies, because they had a walkthrough, but it was Mike McCarthy who told us that they went through a mock practice, about a 70-play mock game, not mock practice, mock game, uh, and then he would throw about 40 to 50 balls to his perimeter players and then expect to be a full participant on Thursday. What's the one thing that you need to see in practice on Thursday? From him? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> trying to have the some, volume. I can't hear you guys. Going, no, can't go. My bad. Um, from him? I, I mean, I, just, I guess I just want to see him get in the flow of things, um, see how – comfortable he looks back there it looked like he looked fine under center you know doing some of the things before the game so I don't know if he's comfortable I'm comfortable I just want to see how he flows back into the offense at this point yeah I'm definitely just interested to see how he impacts the other players around him I know with Cooper Rush the narrative has been you know how consistent Cooper was but I think consistency can get a little dull at times and uh, the thing that stood out about this offense last year was their ability to put points on the board their ability to be creative in that way so uh, less about you know what I'm excited about Dak to do more so what he's going to allow for the players around him to do. Yeah, and we talked about this yesterday. I'm excited to see that foundation finally built for what this Cowboys offense is going to be. Their starting point with their starting quarterback uh, coming in and then from there growing to see what they can be. I'm also excited to see where he is mentally after being on the sidelines and talking about seeing this game from a different perspective again. I'm excited to see how he hones that in, how he channels that when he's playing and uh, expect all good things from QB1. Well, listen, I don't think anyone in that locker room wanted Cooper Rush to have the game that he did against the Eagles. And to his credit, to come back in the second half the way that he did, I thought was a strong performance, not only from him, but, you know, from this offense as a whole. But it certainly helps Dak coming back, right? Because if Cooper Rush had gone on the road against that Eagles team, who we have now seen as a bona fide threat in the NFC East, I think it would have made this thing a little bit more delicate mm -hmm. as he came back. In other words... A very small 
margin of error afforded to him. I, I respect that Mike McCarthy, too. You know, last week there was a little bit of playing coy, a little bit of gamesmanship. We only saw him throwing with the left hand and the parts of practice that he was throwing. We didn't get Don't to see him. And then he shows up as <laughs> questionable on the practice report. Uh, I get that. But that's why I think Thursday is going to be so meaningful for all of us because, again, listening to these guys, these guys told me if he wanted to play last week and a lot of them thought that he could, that he would have been out there on Sunday. So I think this was an abundance of caution, but you're also doing it against a team whose only win this season comes the Washington Commanders uh, in week two. We're talking about a 1-4 and four Detroit Lions team, which we'll get into uh, after our first break, and it's a game at home. And Dak plays really, really well at home. Offensively, though, how different do you think this offense is from week one? Uh, starting with me, I'll just say they didn't have two tight ends that they could rely on. I mean, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot are doing some special stuff out there. And Mike McCarthy has always wanted to employ the two tight end set. And I feel like you now have the guys do that. Now, we were talking about this before the show. What's up with Dalton Schultz? We didn't get an update today. So that's my fault and the beat for not asking. I sent out a text, so hopefully I'll have some sort of update for you. Uh, but just seeing the running game get going. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Dak went on record and said, the game has slowed down for him a little bit. They need to simplify things, which is interesting because you're hearing Aaron Rodgers say that now also uh, in Green Bay. But I think sometimes the play calling was a little too cute. And I think Dak was trying to do too much. But when he has those gaudy numbers, they don't translate into wins. Mm -hmm. So how do you anticipate this offense rolling with Dak back under center, Aisha? So, I mean, we heard from Kellen Moore uh, the other day and also from Mike McCarthy talking about, you know, they don't expect any changes to what they do offensively. Um, and honestly, if you look at if you I mean, if you look at the games and look at them in detail, there are so many opportunities there for these receivers. Uh, they're they're scheming these guys open. So I guess I'll, I'll piggyback off of what Haley said earlier is that I think there's going to be more opportunity for these players to make plays that maybe were there, you know, this first couple of weeks, but haven't been there. And then also too, I mentioned it yesterday. I think it's important that he's coming back to an offensive line that is starting to communicate better, starting to gel better. Guys have been in their spots for a while. We're still trying to see what's going to happen at, uh, you know, left guard or whatever with Jason Peters. But for now, uh, McGovern has come back in and he settled in well. So I, uh, that was brought up like I, I think they communicated really well last week despite all of the craziness and I just think that's going to be important for him to come in settle in and for this run game to be going yeah I think that uh something that I've kind of attached myself to is this idea of mojo that everybody talks about <laughs> Jerry mm -hmm. talked about the mojo with Cooper Rush and keeping him in versus playing Dak too early uh to me I think the mojo is more of you know what's going to help this offense play better and look better. And I think statistically it's Dak Prescott, you know, and it's no shade to Cooper Rush. I think he did what he did and that's fine. Uh, it helped the Cowboys be in a better position. But when you talk about Dak and the things that he's able to do, just some reading I did earlier, the last time they played the Lions, he had a single game high of 444 yards back in 2019. He's never lost to Detroit as a starter. So it kind of, to me, this sets the tone for a game for him that's really going to, you know, Number one, put everybody back on notice. Like, I heard what y'all were saying about me. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also, I think when you put up those kind of numbers, <laughs> when you have that in your future, I thought that was someone's phone. Hey, Jess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you have that, again, it just makes everyone around you 
play better. You're more comfortable with this guy who did most of the reps during training camp with you. Uh, it's what you're comfortable with. So I think that Dak, that while the offense maybe doesn't change, the play calling maybe doesn't change, but maybe the energy around and the players around kind of get that spark back. And you heard it with guys today. Leighton Vander Esch talked about what an asset it is to have Dak Prescott uh, on your sideline, let alone behind center. Uh, so I just think it's going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, uh, especially given the work that Cooper Rush has done over the last couple of weeks. And you know what that reminds me of is Dak's first game back after the ankle injury. The Bucks game last season, the camaraderie was just huge. I mean, it wasn't even a home game. And it was, uh, I, I remember I was at the watch party at AT&T Stadium. There were people crying when oh, Dak God. came out on the field on the screen. I mean, but it's, I can't even imagine his return at a home game. So again, it's not as serious of an injury as his ankle was, but the fact that he's been out, the, the fan base has had time to gain their appreciation back for Dak Prescott is going to lead to a very good home field advantage, I think, for Dak. And uh, not only that, but to Aisha's point earlier, you look at the wide receiver group and how different it is from the last time Dak played during the Bucks game. Uh, the receivers he had, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, Dennis Houston, Tony Pollard, Semi Fioco, and of course Zeke uh, acted as a receiver there for uh, a little bit during that game. Last week, you have a much different receiver core here. You have CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown, Sean McEwen, uh, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, and Cavante Turpin. So I think, again, it goes back to you get to see an established offense and you get to see an O-line that has had weeks to gel and, and get those rookie mistakes out, if you will, to give Dak that protection to get that play action going, to, to give him the time to make the decisions and to get that ball zipped out and, of course, give him the protection so that way no more injuries happen. Well, and it looks like James Washington is is getting closer and closer. But I got to tell you, I don't know what to expect from him. It's not like he had a big year with the Steelers. And we didn't see much in training camp. Yeah. So while I think it gives you options on offense, I don't know if I'm sitting here going he's going to be a difference maker. I keep wanting to see Kevontae Turpin utilized a little bit more in the middle of the field. Why are we not seeing that? I, I I have no idea uh, why that's not <laughs> happening. Uh, uh, He's got speed from us. From us, like I mean, the, I think the rest of the community feels that way because I mean, teams wish they had a guy to take the top off like mm -hmm. he can. Um, I wonder, like I said, we, this is something we maybe we don't consider. He is, you know, new to the NFL. He is technically a rookie in the NFL, so maybe this gentleman is still learning. You know the wide receiver position because he is a special he said it multiple times like you know I'm a specialist you know so I'm wondering if maybe that has anything to do with it but he's I'm also said multiple times he wants, he wants to, to be, be a receiver as a wide receiver and I if mean you talk to folks at TCU he's he, very capable yeah of it. and there's instances there's instances where he ha he's on film on like as a receiver option it's and maybe you see that like we just talked about maybe maybe we see him get those opportunities now that Dak is under center and then maybe they try to go down the field more yeah. but yeah go ahead sorry. no I'm I thought you were done I'm sorry my mic's off. Oh, Haley's oh, there it is. There Sorry, my go. mic was off. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I thought you were okay. done. I was just going to say, uh, going off of those same lines, a couple weeks ago, uh, I think Mike was asked about that. Why Why are we not utilizing Cavante Turpin? Because you see the difference maker he is on special teams. Maybe you integrate that into the offense, and that 
changes, you know, your offensive outlook. And Mike just kind of said, look, like we're doing the best we can with what we've got. And right now what we've got is Cooper Rush. And he even talked about the plays were designed to keep Cooper protected. I think that's why he went so long without throwing an interception, without being sacked as often uh, maybe as he was as the stretch went on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, again, I think bringing Dak back allows you to maybe play with something a little bit more creatively like that because Dak's a guy that can hit those balls. So if if Cavante is going to make those quick routes and get down the field, Dak's going to be a guy who can see that, Mm -hmm. laser in on that, and make the pass. I also also love that you make my segues so easy because you're talking (laughs) about creativity here. Uh, And I know it's two different situations, but you had Jason Peters and Tyler Smith. So you had that veteran guy and uh, the rookie guy, right? So when you look at bringing James Washington in, I wonder if when you can get creative when James Washington is healthy is you utilize him to kind of rotate and and throw more defenses off. Because James Washington does bring that uh, veteran leadership. And I really learned this last week when I was in the locker room talking to him because Aisha and I were sitting there talking to him and Jalen Tolbert. And we were like, hey, are are you ready for the Eagles game to Jalen? He's like, yeah, because of this guy, which was James Washington right next to him who wasn't even playing. So I, I think that's very special and very overlooked for James Washington is he brings that veteran leadership to the younger guys that a lot of them are still rookies. So I think uh, James Washington can be utilized in this offense. I'm just not sure to what extent. Yeah, just to give some context really quick, uh, in regards to James Washington, he told reporters today it's all in trainer Britt Brown's hands ahead of Wednesday's practice. He's the expert. So it sounds like a Dak situation where like yeah. he's ready to play, but maybe he hasn't been given that green light and just yet. Last I don't week think when they're we trying were... to rush him back yet, right? Because yeah. they've got you've got only so many guys that you can carry on your roster on game right. day, and I don't think he's. I just don't think he's special enough to them because of what we saw at camp for them to rush him necessarily back. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit up here and act like, yeah, I mean, in camp, he definitely looked like he was, he was, I think, more so out of shape in camp. So, um, and I didn't understand what they were going to do with him there. But at this point, also, too, I think something that is underrated is, like, we didn't expect for Noah Brown to just come out mm-hmm. balling like he did, too. Yeah. I don't, I'm not He's sure. A dog. I'm also not, exactly. I'm also not sure if we expected for Michael Gallup to be back. I mean, I think people did expect for him to be back, but I don't know, three games into it, and then he's coming along, and Dak's going to be here. So, I don't and know. And they've got, as much as Cooper and Noah had that chemistry, the Michael Dak chemistry is outstanding. So good. I should have yep. said that earlier. That's the yeah. thing I'm looking forward yeah. to. So, the most. And, and when you talk about James that's Washington, that's really to me what he he he's he's a, a lot like Michael Gallup. Big body, physical. Um, he has some verticality to him, but at the same time, like they're a lot of the same guy in what they do. So I do think that there may be a conflict of interest there when you're talking about who's gonna be on the field as opposed to who's gonna be, you know, on the I side also there. don't think before he got injured that there was enough to see from him to see how he could gel with this offense. Because Just look at what he did fair. with the Steelers. Well, because really back then, yeah. you look at the offense as a whole, and yeah. the conversation was so much different during training right. camp. It was, Amari's gone, sky is falling, oh no. Nobody had faith within the wide receiver core. The conversations were so much different to where when when James Washington got brought in, it was like, oh my goodness, everything is going to be okay. There's a veteran here. But really, what you've seen is obviously you've seen the younger guys step up, but I really don't don't know um you know how much of his veteran presence has helped these younger guys as well and those are conversations you know we're not part of we don't get to see but I do know hearing how he was talking to Jalen and and the things that Jalen was saying oh yeah this guy right here he's preparing me right now I mean that was that was kind of cool to see because I feel like that was um it, it was a real brother brother 
brotherhood moment. I was going to say brothership, like brother and friendship mix, but it was cool to see. You guys actually bring up something I want to talk about after we take our first break here. How much confidence do you have in this wide receivers group right now? I mean, we talk about a scoring offense. They got it done during the stretch with uh, Cooper Rush, but do you think that other teams are really respecting the passing game and some of the passing threats? So I want you guys to think about that for a second. And we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. Oh, hello. All right. Hold on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday was a day, Jane, if if you didn't hear about my day yesterday. Well, all right. Let's talk about Sounds of the Star. Live music fans, head to the Star in Frisco on Wednesday, October 26th for a brand new uh, monthly concert series, Sounds of the Star, featuring the spectacular Southern Soul Band, Prophets and Outlaws. The concert kicks off at 7 p.m. and is free and open to the public. For more information, please visit thestarinfrisco.com. Thank you, Jess. All right. Well, the big news of the day, of course, Dak Prescott medically cleared uh, to be a full participant in practice today. Just a walkthrough. So we didn't get our eyeballs on him. That'll happen on Thursday. We'll also talk to him uh, outside the locker room as well to see how he felt. But 
He was anticipated to go through a 70-play uh, 70 mock game with the team and then throw about 40 to 50 balls to his perimeter players after practice. So I think the big thing is going to be how does he feel after the practice? Was he sore? Last week we talked he was a little bit sore after that initial practice, as was to be expected. Uh, but I think once we saw him on the road going through that warm-up listed as questionable, felt like all systems were go. Uh, when Dak Prescott is your starting quarterback, uh, going back to 2021, he ranks top five in completion percentage, passing touchdowns to interception ratio, and a passer rating since 2021. Uh, pretty impressive stuff from yeah, Dak Prescott when good. you see him on the field. <laughs> That's why good. the fake quarterback controversy was always quite interesting to me. Uh, the Dallas offense averages almost 10 more points per game with Prescott uh, than Rush since 2021. Before we took our first break, I did have a question for you ladies. How much confidence do you have in this wide receivers room? Now, week one, I think it was, a, it was tough to get a read on this offense. And I think where I'm going with this argument is I, it's TBD. I still don't know what to expect from this offense. I mean, for the most part, this Dallas defense has really kept these guys in the game, which has a lot to do with their 4-2 and two record. I think what you, you really had was a good bus driver in Cooper Rush, uh, but we weren't seeing gaudy stats. We weren't seeing circus catches. Uh, but you also didn't have a full complement of receivers when Dak started in week one. He was throwing into a lot of tight windows, particularly because you had CeeDee Lamb getting double and sometimes triple coverage. You didn't have a guy like Michael Gallup on the field. And we certainly didn't see these two tight ends and the rookies who I've just been so impressed by with Peyton Hendershot uh, and, of course, Jake Ferguson. So, Aisha, I'll start with you. You watch a lot of the tape. Do you think teams are respecting these wide receivers? And is this a wide receiver room right now as you see it? that demands the respect of opposing defenses. Can I go next? I'm gathering my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I'll okay. have it's um, very honest. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of what we've been talking about, I just think it's so challenging um, when your general is not on the battlefield with mm -hmm. you. You know, like we talk all the time about, you know, your, your backup quarterback should be able to, in theory, perform the way your starting quarterback does, maybe not to the same caliber, but, you know, it's the same plays, the same playbook, blah, blah, blah. But there's something to be said about not only a rapport on the field, but a relationship that you have with that person. And I think what Cooper Rush really lacked over the last couple of weeks is that relationship. And, like, don't get it twisted. These guys have the utmost respect for what Cooper – does what Cooper has done and who he is as a person, but he's not their homeboy. You know what I mean? Like they're not flocking to Cooper's locker, you know, dabbing him up and asking how his day's going. They're respectful. They're, you know, he's their teammate, but you just see the difference in how they are with Dak. And as a former athlete, you know, that, that makes a big difference. You know, you're, you play better with the people you're closest with. Um, and so I, I'm rambling at this point, but to me, we haven't seen the best out of these receivers because they haven't seen the best out of their quarterback. So when it comes to demanding respect, I don't necessarily think at the minute they're demanding that only because they haven't been afforded those opportunities to show who they are. Like CD is still CD. He's still averaging about 10 yards after the catch, which is impressive. Michael Gallup being able to do the toe drag swag, mm -hmm. you know, that we're so accustomed hey, to seeing Brownson. or being the vertical threat that we're so used to seeing. Uh, even Noah Brown. Um, so I think... As time goes on, hopefully we see glimpses of it on Sunday and, and can eventually build on it. But that's just kind of my take. No, and to your point, now that I can actually Now she's answer. ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, guys. Uh, but, no, like, that's I think that is something I will say that I have seen on film is that you see eight, nine-man boxes. Like, they're, they're loading the box to stop the run because they didn't 
think that Cooper Rush could beat them with their arm. And that's actually what a lot of defenses did. Um, and more importantly, you could see that they knew they knew Cooper Rush's deficiencies. And I think that also closed the playbook and some of the things they were able to do. Um, to Haley's point, I do think that there are – I think that guys do play more motivated. They they fight back to the ball. They like it's they're a little bit more vicious getting through blocks and stuff like that when you know your quarterback is going to be able to get that ball there. So, I'll see I'll see I, with CD Lamb particularly, I think that I think sometimes we're a bit unfair with what he has done in his early years given what he has dealt with um, coaching-wise. We talked about him having a wide receiver coach change during this time. Adam Henry was big. He was a- OBJ absolutely. and Jarvis Landry's coach at yeah. LSU. I think, I think you know, quiet is kept. And CD will tell you that he learned a lot from Amari Cooper while he was, there, while he was here. So I feel like this is the time for us to see what's up. Like well, I he's think got to is, is the point. And I, mean, and I feel that, and like I, I feel that, but I, I want us like to be fair about like where he is as a player. I think a lot there's a lot of factors that have played into this offense not being, not playing well, and a lot of that was offensive line. Some of that was QB being injured. Some mm-hmm. of that was coaching changes. So a lot of these guys' development is within this year, and we're trying to see what they can do with it. Also, I think when. You know, when you have your starting quarterback out for the start of the season, and and this is no hate to Cooper Rush. We all have given him his flowers, and we appreciate everything he's done. I just want to say that. But I I feel like these guys are going to play a little bit harder, a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit more aware with Dak in and knowing especially he may not be – he may be a little more fragile this week than than most coming off of an injury, as most people would be. I mean, that's that's the human body. Um, But I feel like – they have something else to play for. Not only did they just get off of a loss to the Eagles, which, look, everyone can sit there and say it's just another game. And in the grand scheme of things, yes, but it's the Eagles. You don't, No guy in that locker room wanted to lose any game, much less to the Eagles away. I, I mean, let's be honest. They have redemption to prove now because now the conversation shifted from, oh, you know, this team is a major threat. Are they one of the best in the NFC? To, oh, well, look at all the flags that they got thrown out. And, oh, you know, the, the conversation switched this week. And and I know if anything about this team, after hearing Dan Quinn in, in the press conference, after hearing Mike McCarthy, they were upset. So I think not only um, does this team not get the respect that they deserve most of the time, but I think they have a little bit more fight in them after a loss and then knowing that Dak is coming back off of an injury you're going to fight a little bit harder to protect him than you normally would I mean those that O-line is not going to let anybody touch Dak I I can almost guarantee they are going to fight and we'll get into the stats of the Lions and why I think that's going to be a a little bit of an easier task this week for them to not get any pressure on Dak but I, I also think that when you're looking at the grand scheme of things Dak uses his legs more Dak is a little bit more mobile, so we might not see that at first. Might see a little bit more of a conservative approach at first, but Dak eventually is going to be more mobile. And and like I said, when this offense can gel with Dak in, it's going to be a much different offense than what we saw this week, even compared to like two, three weeks from now. I just have to wonder if they start going back to their roots. In other words, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And when we look at that rookie season of Dak Prescott, yes, he did use his legs, got more open. We saw more of like a Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. at times, his, yeah. his rookie season. But also, if they're loading the box because they don't respect his arm of Cooper's, they do respect the arm of Dak Prescott. 
Is that going to open up your running game a little bit more this week? And does that simplify the offense a little bit for him yeah. as he's coming back? Absolutely, man. I'm telling you right now, you can run the ball. It changes everything for your offense. And quite honestly, if you look at last year, that was pretty much the culprit of the problem is mm -hmm. that the Cowboys offensive line really struggled last year. And when the Cowboys cannot run the ball, okay, we're going to drop six DBs in coverage. And you see, I'm going to see what you do with it, Dak. Yeah, but now if you don't, if you don't come stop this run, we're going to gash you every time. And not even, not only just gash you, TP going for 52. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think, and also, too, you talked about, you know, the tight ends. I think it's, it, we've, we've harped on it, but it is so important, this 12 personnel and what they want to do blocking-wise um, to open up the pass, open up. I mean, you see it all the time with, like, uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah, you see it all the time. Like, he'll act like he's blocking and then roll to the end zone. Those are things that actually that's what Ferg did. Like th those are things that you can do when you establish the run and you actually have an, an offense that's willing to run downhill at people. The Cowboys told us that they wanted to get back to running the ball and they really do have an offensive line that is cool with going downhill and mauling guys and really physically demanding. They're like demanding that you respect what they do. So I'm excited to see, I and mean, we've seen how the play action has helped out this offense as well um, for Cooper Rush. He was one of the best in the NFL on play action because, hey, they actually can run the ball this year. So I, I think that all the, all the way around is going to pay dividends for Dak to come in and be more comfortable because he doesn't have to do it all by himself. So many times last year I felt like he felt like I can't get it, like no, the run game's not working. Let me force this pass in here. Let me do this. But now – but they would sort of move away from it. That's yeah, what would tracking. drive you nuts so last year. You yeah. know, it's like I felt like this year it's a little bit more balanced and they are sticking with the run. And, you know, you're wearing these opposing teams down because you can't have your defense out there as long as you've had them no. at times. I mean, right now they've sort of – we at least saw during the, you know, the four-game win streak with Cooper Rush – they were bending, not breaking, and then we finally saw it sort of gas them because what the Eagles had that what fifteen play drive. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, but they uh, last put, Sunday. Yeah, but they like I talked about yesterday. They were like they started at their forty six. Like they started in Cowboys um, territory. I want to say four times. So quite honestly, like I think that's difficult for any defense yeah. to get through, and I think they held them to two field goals during that time anyway. I I think this well, defense. Like Cooper is, was just trying to throw turnovers last week. Uh, it was so weird. This guy had not thrown a pick yet. It's the pressure. I mean, he almost had four in it's that the, game. It's the pressure. It was a lot of the pressure. Um, also, too, uh, th there were a couple. Of, he got pressured. He got hit on a couple of the like one of those picks as well. So, I think. Um, yeah, I think that I think that this run game and all the way around is going to help what Dak wants to do and in integrating him back into this offense. I just feel like the the team that we saw against the Eagles were very it, the the team as a whole was very uncharacteristic. So you're talking Cooper Rush. We don't usually see that. No, we don't. But we also don't usually see as many. Well, here we go. Penalties again. But just the <laughs> there it is. The, Everyone take your shot. There we yeah. go. Take your shot. <laughs> no, but my point is is the the lack of discipline with that. And, and that's what it really showed is you don't usually see that on a Dan Quinn defense. And um, I, I think it was frustration and passion. Point. Like we talked about, you know, you can't let those things uh, cost you the game, essentially. But something that I did want to know is that the Cow the Lions defense actually ranks last in the NFL right now. Um, and, and so I think if we're going to see the offense, the Cowboys offense play their 
best, this is their best opportunity to really show, hey, we can protect our quarterback. Hey, let's get – we got our bad week out last week. Let's uh, move forward and let's play our best. I think this is the best game Dak could have come back for when you look at the statistics of the Lions. Yeah, this is a, a – <laughs> defensively, this team just seems like – they're just a little all over the place. I think they're still – I know they have new coaches in there. It looks like schematically a lot of guys are confused a lot of the time. A lot of guys are out of position. They don't particularly tackle well. They don't get pressure well. It's It was hard. Like, it was actually really hard to see them, especially when their offense can get points. Like, their offense – like, the Lions' offense has the ability to be explosive. Yeah. But this defense can't stop much of anything right now. So, um, yeah, I think this will be a – a week where the Cowboys can maybe build some confidence. You talk about Dak getting back in there, getting reintegrated into the offense. I think this is a a, a week where if you want to build confidence in your offense moving forward, it's a good way to start. It's a reset. Yep, right. and and the Lions also battling a lot of injuries right now, mm. which we will get into after we take our second and final break. But I did want to just have one note. I don't know if you guys saw Tom Brady's just meltdown with his offensive line after missing. You know, the walkthrough on Saturday to go to Robert Kraft's wedding. I think it when you talk about the respect that this team has for Dak Prescott, Dak would never talk to his offensive line like that, nope. or any player for that matter. And I think you respect people that respect you back. So it'll be interesting to see how that that thing I mean, look, Tom Brady's got six rings, he's the GOAT. I get it. But no one wants to be talked to, no matter who you are or or what you've done in your career especially millennials. I feel like millennials I mean, don't have also, time for that, right? There's also so many veterans like, it's upset me. I don't about the other comment. Yeah, so it's like, I think, I think the Cowboys are really fortunate uh, to get a guy like Dak Prescott because I do think even just seeing him on the sidelines, you talk to any of these guys, the fact that he was on the sidelines, the fact that he was rehabbing around the facility, the fact that he was literally, what was it, last week I told you one of the guys said, he's out, or is Michael Gallup, he's like, he's getting us water bottles. Yeah, he's like, just present. Right, but there's no job too big or too small for Dak. He's just And humble. I think that goes, and when even we saw him on the, on the sidelines to that uh, first game that he got injured against the Bengals, I literally sent a text to Bobby Belt, who obviously works for 105 Through the Fan, is my producer at NFL Network. I said they're going to do it for Dak, and they damn sure did. All right, like I said, we're going to take our second and final break. When we come back, we'll go through some injury updates for you, and we'll start scouting the Detroit Lions a little bit more for you. Tomorrow we're going to have Danny Rogers, the Detroit Lions team reporter. Love having their perspective because uh, I think it just really gives you a, a kind of a – 360 view of the opponent heading into the week. Uh, but this is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess, let's get to it. All right. Well, I have the papers this time, everyone, so we're off to a great start. Make sure to head to Rally Day. Uh, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, October 22nd to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and more information. On that note, Christy Scales wanted me to mention that uh, this is – uh, hearing Health Awareness Month. And so at Rally Day, you can actually get hearing tests that will take place in the post-game interview interview room. Uh, you can look for where to get those tests on the field. And uh, yeah, just something to mention in collaboration with Signia. So Thank very you so good much. stuff there. All right. Well, I know a lot of fans are always keen to know what the health of the roster looks like. So, Haley, you got a little update for us? I do. We just got this sent a few minutes ago. So the big thing on there, Dak Prescott listed as full. Dalton Schultz, who we spoke about earlier, was a full participant today, as well as Quentin, Neville Gallimore, Devin Harper, Jason Peters. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, kind of the only asterisk there. He was limited today with a hip injury. Mike McCarthy did tell us earlier that Terrell Basham is pretty close to practicing. He should be back on Wednesday to open his 21-day window. Uh, and then Damone Clark looking pretty good as well so uh, we could see the return uh, of him pretty soon and I also want to mention I love scrolling down on these uh, the Detroit Lions injury report is lengthy so the ones that stand out to me right now DJ Chark who's been having Mm -hmm. issues with that ankle uh, he did not practice DeAndre Swift was limited uh, and they've just got a slew I think it's about seven players who did not practice today so something to keep an eye out on uh moving forward in the week thank you Haley all right well Mike McCarthy was asked about this one in four team that's coming to AT&T Stadium off of their bye week their only win this season as I said earlier in the show back on September 18th against the Washington Commanders a 36 to 27 game real lopsided this year uh for the Detroit Lions I expected more from Dan Campbell. I also think it's the uh, HBO Hard Knocks curse that can tend to to really bite these guys. But, um, yeah, it's like they're sort of lacking the fight that you expected from Dan. And I don't know if you guys watched Hard Knocks, but you expected so much more. But still, Mike was asked, you know, do you view this as a trap game? Because we're all sitting here going, and we'll get into some of the stats, 
This is a game the Cowboys should easily win. You've got Dak back, and you've got a full complement of your receivers. Uh, you've got guys on, on defense that are playing great. Uh, but he said this is what he calls an uncommon opponent. In other words, they haven't played him since 2019. Reference the fact there's only six holdovers from that team. And that's why it was so important to self-scout. You know, we I think it was interesting last year. We asked Ezekiel Elliott about self-scouting, which is so big for Mike McCarthy. He hands them their tapes. He wants them to say, what tells are you giving away? In other words, are you touching uh, your hand towel at a certain time? Or do you touch your helmet at a certain time? Like, what are your tells that guys are seeing on tape? And he even said, because today's schedule was really weird. It was a Sunday night game. They got back late, right? But today was a walkthrough. We got Mike McCarthy at 3 versus 1030. And he said that's because they wanted more time with the tape. The coaches wanted to be prepared on the front end. And so when we look at this opponent, uh, you know, we've already talked about some of their injuries. Aisha, what stands out? What could be a trap for them? What could trip Dallas up as we look to this Sunday game? Okay, so I watched a couple games. Uh, it was a struggle having to watch Philly, having to watch Philly again willingly against the, the Lions. Oh, cool. uh, it hurt me. Uh, but uh, I watched, um, obviously I watched the game last week with the Patriots because I was just like, they pitched a shutout, you know. So I wanted to see what they did in particular. And it truly, um, I think it's, it's Amon St. Brown. He is a very big part of what they do offensively um, in the passing game. And essentially, if you can take him away to some degree, it kind of falls apart. It kind of really falls apart. And then when you start looking at, um, what do you say his name? Chalk? Chalk? DJ Chalk. DJ Chalk. DJ Chalk. DJ Chalk. Yeah. yeah, he is, like, he's intricate to what they do because he can make splash plays. But they really are a run-first team. So also, too, I mean, even though, like, we can sit up here and be like, yeah, this is, this could be an easy game. This Lions offensive line, they will block. They they will block. They do a lot of traps, counters, pulls. They're really trying to put your make your defense go one way and they go the other way. So this I also do think is still a test for the defense specifically to, you know, hone in on the misdirection and also be going up against another formidable offensive line. Like the Lions offensive line is one of the better ones in the NFL. And they so Absolutely, yeah, and Penny Sewell, like he's he's been lights out coming in there. So I just want to see Dickerson. I just want to see um, how this defensive line fares, and then also we've been talking about the run defense for the Cowboys for a while. I want to see how they play as well. So that maybe is a place to where I think they could they could make something happen. Is but depending on DeAndre DeAndre Swift and seeing if he plays or not. What's crazy is you know, we go back. You know, we talk about this uh, this defense for the Lions. In case people forgot, they took Penny Sewell over Micah Parsons. Oh, I don't want to. Talk. Micah Parsons was sitting right there for Detroit. Uh, in fact, let me find out. You know, it's out. funny, actually, Jane. Will you find that? Uh, I have a soundbite from Dan Campbell actually talking about that exact well, statement. So, Jazzy, that. let's roll that okay. uh, Micah Parsons soundbite. I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily surprised uh, knowing the athlete that, that he is and, and was coming out. Now, there it was a little bit exactly where do you use him, how do you use him, uh, per se, because there's um, he, di he did have a skill set that's, well, do you put him on the edge and let him rush a little, or is he really a stack backer? Is he a stack backer that blitzes? Do you, you know, he's certainly athletic enough to cover. I mean, so there's all these things. It's just honing in on what he does best, and I think Dallas has done, you know, Dan Quinn and them have done a, you know, a great job with how they've used him. So there again, he's a rare talent. You know, he's got rare ability, and uh, 
and and he's he's dynamic now off the edge. That's he can do multiple things, but where you know you put him on the perimeter and let him go, that's where he's he's uh, he really really excels. So you had. Panay Sewell, seventh overall. Micah Parsons fell to twelfth, and you're like, "Well, we just didn't know what to do with him. He does yeah. so much." <laughs> well, they asked they asked Dan, were, "Are you surprised to see how Micah's been performing?" And that's really what he said. And so, um, you know, back to your point too of uh, he was asked about strength on strength with the O line, and then facing the Cowboys defense, and he said that he wants to take advantage of the areas that have not been hit yet on the Cowboys defense. He wants to exploit them, and uh, said that the Lions' goal will be to to try and stay out of third and seven plus down territory to stay in front of the sticks. Yeah, so well, you got two it starts with that, running the ball. That's yeah, what he said. Both teams are bottom of the league in third down efficiency. One thing about the Lions uh, that they just like the Eagles last week. If it's fourth, if it's third and something, fourth and one, they going for it. Mm-hmm. They are not Eagles scared. Eagles were so aggressive. They in are that game. not yeah. scared and they to kept go for going it. at Micah Parsons. And I want to ask you that: Do you ladies see since they? I'm not saying they gave you the Broncos blueprint, right? But because they kept going after Micah Parsons, do you see other opposing offenses trying to do the same? Yeah, they can try, but it doesn't mean they're going to be successful. Right. I mean, like, what Jalen Hurts does is very specific. What they do schematically is very specific. It's, it's not easily replicated, but more importantly, I think that Micah is going to learn from it, and he probably ain't even going to give you a chance to even do mm-hmm. that no more. He probably going to be like, you know what? That's because actually that's what the Lions did a lot in this in the game against the Eagles. They didn't give him they didn't give him the chance to have the option. They just completely closed on him, and that was the end of it. So we'll see. I, I think, uh, like I said, I think the teach tape is good for Micah, but they did put him in weird situations that he has not been in yet. And he's going to have to learn from it. And well, also, and Mike, well, I was just going to oh, say, go ahead, sorry. I just feel like Micah is the type of guy that got uh, not embarrassed on national television. But remember, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Mm-hmm. And so the Pitt fan base is, I mean, the Penn fan base mm. is huge going on the road. And he just strikes me as that type of guy, like, fool me once. Don't, he won't be fooled again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that's what sort of stood out to me. And, and to your point. That offense is something else with the Eagles. I think you also have to factor in that Micah was not 100%. I mean, as much as yeah, he talked about, yeah. as much as he talked about, I'm being ready to go. You could just see it. There were certain plays where he wanted to tackle and he couldn't, yeah. and he couldn't, you know, accelerate after the fact to chase people down like what we've been so accustomed to seeing. Uh, and I think that that kind of stuff is a learning experience for him as well. You know, as these athletes, they want to push themselves, they want to be able to be in games because they're. They're game changers, but if you're not 100%, then you're not a game changer. You're just another guy on the line, if that makes sense, which we know Micah is not another guy. I want to clear right. that up before my Twitter <laughs> mentions get all blown up. Micah is that guy. Uh, so I think going into this week, maybe they're a little bit more reserved on his reps or they're just monitoring that a little bit more so he can have that bounce back, fool me once, fool me twice type mentality. Yeah, and and then uh, to that point, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was just about to say that, but look at the pace the Eagles were playing at. I mean, there was no time for anybody to even rest, so I think Micah not playing at, you know, full 100 like we're used to seeing, and then on top of that, the constant pace of being like this, it's only going to make them better. All right, do we have a past interference for us this week? You know what? I'm going to save our past interference for tomorrow because... It's going to be really good. I promise. I love that. All right. (laughs) 
Well, that's going to do it for Girls Talk. That's a tease. I will be back here tomorrow. Haley, are you on the show tomorrow? Is it Kelsey Charles? Depends on if Kelsey's here. Gotcha. All right. Well, enjoyed this roundtable with you. Ladies, uh, keep in mind, if you've become a loyal follower, follower of us, and we appreciate that, no pod on Friday. But we will really break down the Detroit Lions tomorrow and excited to have team reporter Danny Rogers on there to help us do that. Until next time, we will see you on Thursday. And Jazz, thank you per usual. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!